0: So now under private law, right, under the different divisions of private law, you will come across law of patrimony. And patrimony is all about your means, right, those things that that belong to you, right, the things that is at your disposal. And it's how you regulate the relationship between yourself and those things that belong to you. And of course, if we think about things belonging to us, the first thing that we think about is property law. And under property law, you will learn about law, you will learn about things as in what actually constitutes something that amounts to property under the law. And you will learn about movable property and you will learn about immovable property. And you will learn how movable property is defined as movable property because it is property where you can pick it up from one place and you can move it to another place without that property being injured in the process, right? So if you're busy studying introduction to law and you have your textbook in front of you, and you're studying in the front room but you want to move to the room, you're capable of picking up that textbook and moving from the front room to the room, and therefore you're capable of doing that without damaging the textbook in the process, then that textbook constitutes movable property, it is your movable property, now, when we're talking about immovable property, it's a hot topic in South Africa because when we're talking about immovable property, uh, the most popular form of immovable property would be land, right? We're talking about land because land is affixed. You cannot pick up land and move land from one place to another, obviously, right? So we're talking about land and we're talking about houses attached to the land where things are affixed, So if we're talking about windy houses, right, we're talking about a house that you are able to pick up from one section of land and move to another section of land without damaging, then we are talking about movable property. But immovable property requires something to be affixed. It has to, you're not able to move it from one place to the other. And under property law, you will learn about real rights, right, And real rights are rights that you enjoy over your property or over property. And one example of real rights is ownership. And that's the strongest real right that you can get when you learn about law of property. It's the most comprehensive right because it gives you the right to do most things, right? So you are able to sell your property. You are able to loan your property. You are able to... Take your property to the side of the road, be it your textbook or laptop, in the example, and you're able to leave your property out on the side of the road because you enjoy the right of ownership, and the right of ownership is the most comprehensive right that you can that you can have and enjoy in the context of the law of property. So the other law that falls under the law of patrimony is the law of succession, and the law of succession is all about who inherits. And what do they inherit? So you're talking about scenario where someone is deceased, someone passed away, and the question arises, but this person has all of these assets. Who gets all of these assets, right? And you'll learn about concepts like testate succession and intestate succession. And testate succession will apply in those instances where there is a will and the person can say, I leave my entire estate to my daughter or I don't like my daughter and I've disowned her. So I leave the entire estate to my son, right? In that case, intestate succession, then everything will accord in accordance with a particular will that the person has drafted up. Whereas a scenario of intestate succession is where a person passes on, but they have not left a will. And in that case, there's an entire system of rules that have evolved in our common law around how the system of law of succession will work and in those instances, who gets what? What do the children get? What does the spouse get? And how much do all of them get in the, in the event that the person dies intestate, right? They do not leave a will. The other thing that you will learn about under the law of patrimony is the law of obligations. And the law of obligations can be divided into contract law. And the law of delict, delictual law, right? And we're talking about contract law. The reason why it's the law of obligations is because people enter into an agreement. It can be a written agreement or it can be an oral agreement. People enter into this agreement parties, and these parties agree that one person will have a certain right and the other person will have a certain responsibility. So one person will be able to demand that the other person perform in accordance with the contract. So it's contractual law because there's an obligation that is imposed on one of the contracting parties under the contract that they have concluded with each other. Another example of where one person has a right and another person has an obligation to perform that right is in instances where we're dealing with the law of delict, right? So we spoke earlier about the scenario where... One person uh, is in a car accident and that person was uh, drunk and they knock into your car. In that particular instance, the law of delict can apply because that other person is obliged to give you compensation to pay damages over to you if you go to court because you have a right to seek damages from that particular person. So when we speak about law of obligations, we're speaking about at least one party on each side. And they're either contracting with each other or an obligation has arisen as a result of a delict. So the main difference between delict, which is where there's a wrongful act that someone commits against you and you're able to claim damages from them, versus a contract is that in in a contract there will be an agreement, but when it comes to a delict, there will be no agreement, no drunk person agreed to knock into your car, right?